has ruled that yes, he can remain on the 2024 ballot in the Centennial State. Marianne Rafferty has more on that, including more on the judge's ruling. Marianne. Yeah, good evening, Kevin. This was largely viewed as a test case where a wider effort to disqualify former President Trump from the ballot. Tonight, those efforts failed in Colorado. It becomes the seventh state to rule in favor of former President Trump. Uh, this whole series of cases, I mean, it relies on some pretty unusual theories from a law that hasn't been enforced for probably over 100 years. Nearly three dozen lawsuits seeking to remove former President Trump from state 2024 ballots under the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause. Groups like Free Speech for the People argued Trump's alleged role in January 6th should disqualify him. But District Judge Sarah Wallace ruled, quote, to be clear, part of the court's decision in its reluctance to embrace an interpretation which would disqualify a presidential candidate without a clear, unmistakable indication that such is the intent of Section 3. Now, the Colorado ruling comes after a judge in Michigan recently ruled that the question is best settled by Congress, but did not rule out a general election challenge if, as the polls seem to indicate, Trump becomes the GOP nominee. Tonight's ruling is also likely to be appealed to Colorado Supreme Court, and from there, it could even reach the U.S. Supreme Court, which has never ruled on the insurrection clause. Kevin? To be interesting indeed. Marianne Rafferty, thank wow. you so much. The political war at home rages on, folks. Welcome back to More War Monday to the Rob Manus Show live at the Red Voice Media Network and our X Spaces simulcast. At the same time, we welcome you folks in that audience, too, and look forward to your engagement today. Well, I tell you what, uh, it is uh, Speaker Mike Johnson just announced he will release those uh, January 6th videos, about 40,000 hours of of them and uh, potentially blowing open the government and the media uh, narrative of the insurrection, folks. And the, but the political warfare against Trump supporters and the former president himself just rages on. As with uh, the J6 videos, there are some surprise victories in the courts recently, such as the New York fraud case, judges' gag order being lifted uh, and shut down by the appeals court. But the deck stacked against the truth and justice. This war is a real existential threat to what is left of our democratic republic. My guest today is studying this war very carefully and extensively and says in her latest article, and I quote, the left's never-ending attempts to vilify everyone in Donald Trump's orbit never ceases to amaze. From top advisors to future cabinet members, they're taking down anyone who merely agrees with the former president. Even the wait staff at Mar-a-Lago are not immune, close quote. Well, Angie Wong is a journalist, co-host of The Final Countdown, and was the master of ceremonies of the inaugural Veterans Day Parade in Washington, D.C. this year. Angie, welcome back to The Rob Manus Show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love that you read my article. <laughs> Thank yeah, you so absolutely. much for having well, me on. Well, well, when I saw your article, I was like, I got to get Angie back on because I've been wanting to do a show that that does basically a, a round robin of all the cases and uh, not just that, but why are they doing it uh, and what do they expect the outcome to be? Because I'm not seeing that their expectations are being met. I don't know if you saw the opening clip uh, uh uh, they're talking about the gag order being lifted in New York and then this 
this leftist judge out in Colorado saying, oh, no, we really can't keep him off the ballot because the Constitution is there and we're just a state court, uh, essentially, That's is what right. he said. Uh, what are what is the point of all of these ballot challenges? Uh, I think there's like four or seven states somewhere around there. That's right. Colorado and New Hampshire and other states have knocked out any sort of challenges using the 14th Amendment for the primary ballot. And I suspect they're going to try again when it comes to the general ballot later on. These guys can't stop. They can't figure out a way to stop Trump being on the ballot. Um, it's Kind of impossible to use the 14th Amendment because it's being really stretched to its limit. Right now, as we stand here today, Trump has not been indicted or even charged with insurrection, right? So for them to be using an insurrection charge, uh, it has no leg. So the lower courts are tossing it out. There's no merits. In fact, it was a court in Michigan, I believe, the state judge there had said, well, you know, this is a state court. I'm going to defer this to Congress to decide whether or not a rebellion or insurrection and whether or not Trump was involved in one. That is the job of Congress to determine, not a state judge. And, and he said so. And he also added that uh, local uh, election authorities do not have the power to remove any candidate, including Donald Trump, from the ballot. I'm hoping that becomes a president because all the other states follow suit so far. Now, are they going to make Trump and his lawyers go through the process of state courts? Sure. There's a group behind this. Uh, there's an NGO behind this and a lot of money behind this push. So we know that this is political. And I, in fact, it was Jeff Clark who coined the term journo lawfare. And that is something that we're seeing uh, Trump in court every, every day, pretty much having to defend himself for running for the seat of the presidency. It is pretty embarrassing at the point because so far, every every single court case, Trump has pretty much won, except for a few motions here and there. I don't see this, I don't see any judge wanting to take on these cases. And that's why either the judges are uh, just knocking them out and saying, no, not in my court, or they're pushing it until late next year and early 2025 when it won't really affect uh, the election whatsoever, because no judge wants the election on their lap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. You know, in the, in the 14th Amendment cases, you know, we hear a lot, uh, at least those of us that are listening, hear a lot about the Section 3 uh, of the 14th Amendment, which was intended to keep former Confederates from running for office and those kind of things. But there's a couple of issues with the 14th Amendment that I just want you to touch on. The first one is that the president of the United States is not considered an officer of the United States. He makes the officers of the United, he or she makes the officers of the United States. Is that not correct? See, that's how I would, it, uh, it does not state whatsoever that the president can be, uh, fall into that category. It is an agent of, of the president. Now, you know, that, I'm gonna leave that to constitutional lawyers to decipher mm -hmm. what that actually it's never been tested, uh, but they're using a very, they're going very law. And I, I'm very happy to see that judges are not buying into it. And it seems as though every time Trump is named in a court, judges run away. Uh, we have many cases, even as of today, Judge Eileen Cannon, federal judge in Florida, who's, uh, who's handling this case, uh, she's, she's basically 
putting every sort of roadblock into this, uh, into her case uh, with Donald Trump as much as possible because they don't want to touch this. It is not something that you know um, a lot of judges want on it, you know on their docket, and yeah. they want to make a ruling on it because they understand what the consequences are. I mean, this you know I don't know what the rule. Either way, the rulings could equal to either a riot. Or you know something really catastrophic like that. No one wants that. Now, will there be some judges that want to? Yeah, the judge um, oh, in yeah. Aragon. Yes, in in uh, New York. Clearly, yeah. he's loving the limelight, loving off his shirt, alumni news channels, and he's loving all that. Because you know it's it's a gotcha moment for him, and unfortunately, you know there are. Some yeah, you know, and the a lot of people forget the fifth section of the 14th Amendment. I'll just read it to you because I love reading the Constitution. You know, it says <laughs> the Congress shall have power to enforce uh, the by appropriate legislation the uh, provisions of this article. So the judge in Michigan really uh, was actually correct. I'm surprised they don't quote the Constitution uh, and these amendments more often because. The, re the answers really are there. And I think you're right. I think uh, uh, even the leftist judges have to see the writing on the wall. Uh, well, Angie, we've got a live audience nowadays uh, that we take questions oh. from uh, each set, one each segment. So uh, we didn't have that the last time you were on the show. So we're going to go over there. Kat and, uh, and Shell are our hosts over on X Spaces Live. Uh, Y'all got a hand up with a mic that wants to ask a question? I don't have a hand up right now that I see, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there because I kind of I say this a lot. Um, this whole thing with Trump, these mm -hmm. judges that can't make decisions. Um, I'm sure I'm sure your guests would probably agree that it feels like it's a referendum against the American people. It's a it's a way of uh, it's a way of like putting fear mongering us because now you see so many people they're fearful just to even march on D.C. in any way, shape, or form. Um, do you, would, I know I've asked you this before, Colonel, but what's your guys' thoughts on that? Go ahead, Angie. Yeah, well, what's happening is all these cases are actually working in favor. At least in the early days, they've helped in fundraise tremendously. Uh, and it's actually turned a lot of minority towards Trump, especially the Black and Latino communities and men, mainly because of, uh, there's, you know, obviously it's well documented that the minority group are the ones that are prosecuted the most. And so they, they feel his pain. And so we're seeing a lot more of that turning over, which is why uh, Biden and co had put abortion on many of uh, 2023 ballots as a referendum, because that was the only way that they were gonna get that, that kind of vote. And to show to Trump and his team to say, look, we still have the, you know, the black and Latino vote. I mean, that's really what that whole story was about. Ultimately, it's all about timing. Now, we had just heard from the Fulton County DA, uh, Fonnie Willis. She says, and not even to the court, she says to a women's group at a fundraiser of hers put on by Washington Post that this trial may not, the Georgia cases, may not conclude into 2025. Well, that's great timing for her because she's running for a re-election. Uh, but unfortunately, she did tell the court most recently that she wants to start trial in August of next year. That's three months before the general election 
for the next president of the United States. And she's even telling Trump's team that on election day, be prepared to be on trial. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. This is so awful. And if that, you know, if you tell the Republicans that, it feels like a setup. And, and I don't think they're hiding anymore. They're just going full on with their agenda. And no one can really stop them because these are just court procedures. Um, yeah. And you can't challenge that. That's really, that's a shame. But they don't realize what they're doing on the other side. They are mobilized Republicans and conservatives like you wouldn't believe. So, but they don't understand that part. That, that part of the brain does not turn on. Absolutely right. Well, you know, over in Louisiana, they just had runoff elections uh, for this fall, and uh, and uh, Trump endorsed candidates swept the entire statewide uh, office holders uh, slate, which is uh, yeah, he won that state in the high sixties, I think, the last time he was on the ballot there. Uh, but still, you know, it's been uh, eight years of a Democrat governor and Democrats in charge of things like transportation and those kind of things. So uh, for for them to sweep it like they did. And it wasn't like uh, uh, in a uh, in an easy way either. I mean, one candidate got like seventy two percent of the vote for uh, Secretary of Treasury. I think oh. so. It was incredible. It was an incredible sweep, and it was all uh, it's being chalked up to Donald Trump uh, having endorsed all those candidates. Well, we, well, Angel, we've got to do an ad read here real quick. So stay right there. And when we come back, we'll have a little clip from the Fannie Willis uh, uh, little case down there. I think you called it the Georgia nineteen case down uh, in Georgia. We'll be right back. Well, listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at Alternative Asset, American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're talking with Angie Wrong, uh, uh, a political commentator, journalist, uh, and uh, just uh, wrote a great article. You know, it's titled Unfairly Targeting Trump. And, and you're on More War Mondays, uh, Angie. And normally we talk about the stuff going on with Israel or Russia or the Ukraine or China and those kind of things. But it's time to put Americans in the mindset that we're on a war footing here inside the United States. Literally, war has been declared, political war, on half of the American electorate. Uh, and uh, uh, the, even the sitting president uh, calls us uh, violent extremists and has categorized uh, many of us as the potential domestic terrorists. Veterans and military members that are uh, that are Trump supporters are being told that uh, they're disloyal to the United States. That is, those are facts that we know about there. But let's take a look at clip two, Disco, and. Uh, We'll see what's going on with the Georgia 19. That 
That is her motivation. When she says she doesn't take into consideration election cycles, she is lying through her teeth. She campaigned on getting Donald Trump, and she wants to not only convict Donald Trump, but more importantly, she wants him seated in a courtroom in the state of Georgia in Fulton County for four, five, six months so he's not campaigning. To her, that's the win. To the radical left-wing media, they will celebrate her. And I find it ironic that the lead prosecutor in a case against a current, or excuse me, former president of the United States and presumptive Republican nominee is speaking publicly at a forum about an ongoing criminal investigation. That shows you the hypocrisy of their ways and how serious they take it. Their impetus is simple, sideline Donald Trump with lawfare, but the American people have seen through it. Yeah, you know, you raise a good point, Cash, because meanwhile, she's out there on a stage talking about this, and President Trump has gag order after gag order put on him. And that's it. That's what they're going to continue to do. Here's another gag order. Oh, it got reversed. We'll go on appeal. Here's another gag order. With the, wait, is this the Washington case, the Georgia case, the Florida case, the New York case? That case, just to remind your audience, has been going on for six weeks. Well, you touched a little bit about on the Georgia case before we went to the break, but uh, you know, one of the things in your article you talked about that not a lot of folks are connecting these dots is a man named Jeff Clark, uh, the uh, who was in the Trump administration as uh, one of the assistant attorney generals, uh, and uh, during the uh, 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 the aftermath of the November 2020 election, he drafted a letter. Uh, and was floating it around looking for for comment and guidance on it within the Department of Justice about uh, what could be done about the election fraud. Uh, and uh, now he's charged with attempting to overturn an election illegally. Uh, it was interesting what you said in your article. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, and if you look at who the Georgia 19 are, Let's take Trump out of that equation for one second. Uh, a lot of them could have been the future Trump administration. We're not even talking about the 30 unnamed, unindicted ones that uh, Miss Willis wanted to go after. Um, this is the problem, right? So we dirty these guys up so much so that if in the future there is a Trump administration part two, they won't get Senate confirmation for any of these larger secretarial roles, maybe the AG role or anything else because of the smear on their record. They wouldn't be considered for it, or certainly the Senate would bring this up and then there would be a fight. And it would be generally a public fight. And it's really unfair because these are some of the most qualified people to be running the country right now. It's not just Trump. It's all his, it's all his soldiers and his lieutenants, right, including Jeff Clark. And mm -hmm. that's what they are. And I don't you know when you see through why direction was so important was because so that they can get him off the ballot. We see that now. And when we see through the Georgia 19 cases, you see that the people he had that um, Miss Willis was going after are all the ones that would have might have been anyway, uh, been on the next Trump administration. So this is why we have to be so careful. And they they will have to go through the motions uh, of going through a court case and and see that through. Now, I don't believe that DA Willis has a case. I think she's dragging it out for her own purposes. We should be asking her, what are the benefits? What is she getting offered on the other end of it? 
remember, a lot of the prosecutors on this case are um, not in the DA's office at all. They're hired out law firm. And I want to understand how that works because, and, I, and that is typical for some of these cases, especially when it's overwhelmed uh, in that particular office, they do outsource it. But in this case, she's hired her boyfriend's firm to run some, some of these uh, Georgia 19 cases. So I want to see if there's any conflict there. There's a lot tied into this. Ultimately, I don't think she actually wants to see this case worked out because, you know, I've talked to some of the, um, I've talked to some of the indicted and unindicted. I don't know if I see a case there. Again, I'm not a lawyer, and there's certain you know, legal maneuvers that can happen, but certainly I don't see enough here, there. There, uh, we saw it with some of the earlier cases where plea deals were taken. I mean, you can see that this DA has completely overcharged uh, and threatened a lot of a lot of the indicted, where so much so that. Ultimately, a lot of these charges were put down from felonies to misdemeanors really quickly. And I think it's just because she didn't have a case to begin with. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you had seen the, uh, not only do I, do I not think she has a case, but she's, uh, her people are illegally leaking, uh, I believe, uh, uh, things like the two videos, or two or three videos, uh, I saw two of them, one with uh, uh, Trump attorney Jenna Ellis, uh, and the other one uh, with Sidney Powell, uh, another Trump attorney, uh, uh, you know, people notice that a lot of these folks are attorneys and they're going after the attorneys quite frequently, especially in this case. But the interesting thing about the pieces of those videos that I saw was that uh, not one time did either one of them say, this is in the, the stuff that has been released, uh, that Donald Trump didn't believe he won the election. I mean, yeah. matter of fact, Powell even affirms it several times in her statement that uh, uh, that Mr. Trump was convinced that he had won the election. And Look, that's a problem. Hearsay, Willis, right. the, the big problem here is hearsay of other people's hearsay does not make a prosecution. Okay? Right. Who do you, who's the witness? Who do you cross-examine? The person that heard somebody else heard somebody else? No. She understands, and but she doesn't care because ultimately she, you know, did a dirty deed for somebody else trying to, you know, level up her name, her brand name, or her position, and that's what this is about. When you look at the the actual structure of the case, it doesn't hold up. You know, when you have Jenna Ellis say, "I had heard from somebody else, heard from somebody else that Donald Trump wants to stay in office no matter what." Well, okay. Who do you cross-examine there, right? So it doesn't make any sense. And let's bring up the fact that Donald Trump is getting gagged everywhere. Meanwhile, you have other people leaking witness statements, video mm -hmm. testimonies. So that's allowed and that's okay. But meanwhile, Trump and his lawyers have been gagged. I mean, this is, uh, quite frankly, disgusting, for lack of a better word. And I hope that a higher court take all of this into consideration and just knock it out right now because it is just, it is uh, borderline election interference as to how much we're doing. Um, ultimately, I don't think that anyone really cares. They're just going through the motions of trying to win an election with a candidate that nobody likes right now. Polls, nobody, polls are way down. He's polling at 40%. Uh, approval rating, according to an NBC poll done yesterday, 
and it's just they can't figure out how to win other than to knock out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of interesting because uh, uh, you know uh, the individual that said that that the boss was not going to leave the White House. He's not leaving. Uh, uh, you know, Donald Trump. I bet never heard that before, even if the guy did say it, and, and Ellis was under oath, so I'm assuming she believes that, uh, what she said there, uh, that, uh, that Donald Trump probably never even heard about that or said it in any anything whatsoever, uh, or the guy took it out of context. Whatever was going on there, it's just silly that that would be leaked like that, because uh, it all depends on whether he felt uh, believed that he lost the election or not, whether they could make a charge of election uh, uh, illegally overturning an election stick. Well, you know, let's go back over to our uh, live audience and take some input from Cat uh, and Shell over there. Cat, what do you got? Wibb's got a question for you. Go ahead, Wibb. Hey, guys. Hi, Angie. Uh, great, great to have you here. I've, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, I my my two cents on the whole lawfare that's going on is my my take. Now I'm I'm not le uh, I'm not a legal mind by any means, but I know one when I see it. And these people, it's like these people going after Trump are it's like amateur hour. Uh, I mean, they're going after Trump's attorneys because they they gave Trump novel legal theories to to try but they're doing it in such a way that they're using novel legal theories in order to prosecute them and i'm kind of wondering why they use the the c team in order to go after trump on these it, it, was it because it's a cheaper hourly rate or something i i don't understand why didn't they bring their a team against trump well these are expendables right these are all people trying to move up the ladder, including Al Bragg. He's the DA in Manhattan. You have Bonnie Willis in, in Fulton County. They're all expendables. They're all going to try because they all want to get in the next White House or be backed uh, by the party politically. Here's the real problem, though. They're going after Trump's attorneys because they can dangle um, an ethics case and they can dangle their law license in front of them. Look at, you know, a lot of them, Jeff Clark, for example, and Chesborough and others, uh, Eastman, John Eastman, they're also under uh, investigation for whether or not they committed a crime. And if that is proven, then they may lose their law license. This is the, that's the sick part of all. I mean, these are men and women who have dedicated their lives to the law. And they're being challenged only because of their association with Trump. And I, I get that, because that tells others, don't stick up for this guy. He's bad news. I get that 100%. But you have, you know, loyalists who really believe in this country and believe in the Constitution and believe in the rule of law, that they will go all the way, even if it means challenging their license. Um, Sydney Powell, you know, she took a plea deal right away because, look, what does she get? She got a $6,000 fine. And she has to write a, a letter apologizing to the Georgia voters for trying to suggest that there was some sort of election fraud. I mean, this, and, you know, in trade of that, she gets to keep her law license and she practicing. So why wouldn't you take that? Why wouldn't you get out? And that's what a lot of these lawyers did. Now, luckily, 
there's going to be the Rudy Giuliani's and the Jeff Clark's of the world who's like, uh-uh, I didn't do anything wrong. I will stick to this to the end. And there's going to be rewards for them, not just from Trump, but the fact that they didn't do anything wrong. And let's just show what a kangaroo court this is. I'm really surprised the judge has not tossed out most of this already, uh, given what I've seen. And maybe they haven't gone through the whole uh, discovery and put statements and all that just yet. But when they do, mm -hmm. uh, any judge of any rightful mind will see that this is, uh, there's no. Yeah, I'm with you, Angie. I'm very surprised that uh, judges haven't dismiss, dismissed a lot of these uh, cases outright, but I guess they've got to take a look at a certain amount of the uh, evidence and everything. Well, we've got to take another commercial break. When we come back, uh, we'll uh, see a little clip from Aaron Maté on, on TimCast about who can really stop Trump and talk about that. I'm Rob Manus with Angie Wong. We'll be right back on Red Voice Media Network where we bring you the facts and the truth. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. I don't think you can stop Trump. He's just shown to be so resilient. He freestyled his entire 2016 campaign. Yeah. Right. He's inevitable. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he it's has inevitable. His, if you look at him physically, he has a terrible diet, but he just seems indestructible. <laughs> he's 77 years old. So the only person who can really he's stop Trump. He's always out there playing golf anyway. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah who are you going to say? The only person that could stop Trump. The only person who can stop Trump is Trump himself. Yeah, that's true. Somehow that's true. He, he hangs it up personally. But otherwise, I just don't think all these cases against him, like. What is he facing? Seven hundred years. Yeah, but you look at them and you go. I mean, maybe on the classified documents one, there's something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that one too closely. But the other ones, like the racketeering case in Georgia, it seems everyone who's not a hardcore partisan Democrat understands what's going on there. I think with the documents, it's all BS. I don't think yeah. that they get them on the documents because you have Judge Cannon 
in Florida who has now pushed the court date back. And she said, you know, we're not going to do this on an accelerated schedule. So that's just going to drag on for a while. I think he has, I think they have a better shot of getting him on the January 6th case because they've got a gag order slapped on him already. Right. Um, And they're really going to go hard after him on that one. They have a judge who has already with other January 6th cases uh, advocated for, or issued sentences that are longer even than the justice department had asked for. I well, think that's well, where I'm, they're. I think they're going to get him in that one, and I think they. I think they have a shot at getting him in Georgia. Welcome back to the Rob Mena Show. It's more War Monday. We're talking about the war inside the United States, the political warfare that's happening uh, from the left and the Uniparty on not just Donald Trump, but his supporters, folks that have been in his administration, prospective appointees to the administration, his attorneys like John Eastman. Uh, we're talking about all that with Angie Wrong, who, who wrote a great article, rolling a lot of these cases up into one piece. Uh, and uh, uh, the Timcast folks uh, talked about the classified documents case. I want to touch on that with you uh, this time, because I keep hearing that from people like Mate, uh, who I think it was who said that on the uh, Aaron Mate is who said that on the uh, tape there, and Jonathan Turley, that the classified documents case is probably their best bet from a purely legal perspective. And you know what? If somebody who held a top secret, sensitive compartmented information clearance from the time he was 17 years old until, uh, let's see, 2015, whatever age that was, uh, is when my security clearance finally expired uh, four years after I left the Air Force, I know who the classification and declassification authority is in the United States, and it's in one office. It's in the office of the president of the United States. It is ultimate power. I mean, it's the most power that one individual in the United States of America uh, has is that power to do that. And even to the point where if a president's in a conversation with a foreign leader like Putin, and he says something to him that was classified before the conversation, by virtue of him uh, saying those words and giving those facts to that individual, that information is declassified. He doesn't even have to say it's declassified. So why do you think we keep hearing this stuff? Well, Rob, let me ask you a question. Um, so how did you how do you declassify as a president any sort of document or content or conversation? Because do you have to like put your hand on it and say, I now declare declassified? That's the legal challenge right now is at what point was it declassified? And I, I that I don't know the question. I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine. Whenever you want, right? If you're a president of the United States, I will declassify it by just thinking about it. But you've yeah, never yeah. been in this kind of situation before where we where that's even tested. And on the flip side of that, you have special counsel her who is investigating then Vice President Joe Biden, then uh, ex-Senator Joe Biden for the very same thing. And this week, they've already said, well, you know, there's no case there. We're just going to let that go. So how can you say that to us, the American public? We have our eyes wide open. We don't believe anything that you're saying to us anymore because the gaslighting is so beyond the realm of reality. And this is the land of make-believe that they all want us to live in. We're just like, no, sorry, not this time. Yeah, the reason I gave the example uh, about him in a meeting, any, any president in a meeting with a foreign leader, 
uh, and they decide to tell them something that's classified information at the moment they walk in the meeting and it becomes declassified the moment he reveals it to that foreign leader uh, if they're if they're not cleared for it already we do clear some foreign uh, allies for us classified but in the case that i was referring to it's a meeting with putin early on in president trump's uh, uh, first term uh, that he was accused of that uh, but by virtue of being the ultimate classification and declassification authority in the United States, he has the power to do simply that way. He doesn't have to do any paperwork. Now me, when I was a wing commander, I was a declassification and classification of authority, but the, but the power was very strictly limited to certain types of information, certain categories of information, and the way certain information was classified, whether I could use that, ever use that authority, none of those bureaucratic administrative rules apply to the President of the United States. That's what a lot of these so-called uh, self-declared classification experts uh, completely miss, because that is not how it works. Uh, it may it applies to me, but it doesn't apply to the ultimate authority. And like I said, it's a, it's the most sweeping power that a president of the United States exercises is declassification and classification authority. Uh, so uh, I think that's why they went after the Espionage Act from the early 1900s is because they couldn't get around that. And then the other uh, complicating factor is the uh, the uh, uh, the Presidential Records Act which clearly gives the President of the United States uh, and former presidents the ability to store and keep information that has been marked classified before and declassified by them, but still may have the markings on it or has, is still classified, uh, and that the, our tax dollars pay for the creation of storage facilities for those folks. So it's all pretty ridiculous, uh, if you ask me, uh, especially as yeah. somebody that's uh, that's been there, done that. And the other ridiculous part of it, Angie, you brought up, and, I, and, and I'm glad you brought it up, is that Joe Biden, as a, as a senator and vice president of the United States, kept classified information stored in a way which was completely not secure whatsoever, uh, even as for, as for year, decades, you know, have, gave access to Chinese nationals through the pen uh, organization, the Penn Foundation up there, the Biden Foundation up at uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, also had that. And that is that is a crime because the vice president of the United States nor a senator has any authority to keep classified information uh, after they le leave office or anywhere outside of a government storage facility uh, like the way a president of the United States and former presidents of the United States have. Uh, not yeah. at all. And he, and he I, should be being charged. He, that yeah. should be a charging decision right there. I think we're missing the point here. I think the point was just to raid Mar-a-Lago and see what else was going on there. Because when Biden's uh, uh, beach house was raided, um, they gave him like ample time. Hi, we're going to give you a 14 days notice that we're going to come in. And, you know, So yeah. hide whatever you need to hide now. Uh, whereas Trump on August 8th of last year, they just showed up and, and maybe they got 30. I, I did hear that Ron get a little bit of a notice that uh, they were, there was going to be a raid at Mar-a-Lago. Um, whether or not he then told that to uh, President Trump, I'm not sure. But um, no. So, you know, this is just two tiers of justice. We're seeing it. 
it's so clear as day anymore and, and, and no one can hide behind it. So maybe that's the point because I think Judge Cannon is looking at the case, she's the federal court judge in uh, Florida and saying, I don't know, I think this is very, I mean, like I, the signs are pointing to everything very political on this and it doesn't appear as though um, there's going to be, you know, any there, there. And she doesn't want to walk through the motions. But unfortunately, this is where we are. Trump has to go through all the motions of a court case and multiple court cases to finally arrive at a conclusion. Now, what this tells me, creating the prosecution, well, let's look at what's where we are right now. We're looking at media. This is a journal lawfare. Everything is being fought in the in the public courts right now. And that is with us here on the show. And that is mm -hmm. the deciding factor. Ultimately, this is going to not just um, motivate voters, but also hinder voters as well. Because all we're hearing about Trump, rather than the economy and $3 egg and $6 gas uh, gallons, we're hearing about him in court every single day. And they want to keep him in, locked in that space for as long as possible, which is why all of this is being thrown at him, his deputies, everybody, anyone involved in the Trump world feeling this right now. Now, will that turn off voters? That's what the Democrats want. But does it also motivate voters? Well, I don't know. We're going to see. I believe so, but I'm not entirely sure. I think another year of Trump in court may actually deflate people and say, ah, hang on, I may, I may want someone else. And maybe that's the factor of all of this that we have to be looking at. Because forgetting the trial, don't even worry about the outcomes of these trials. Whether he's found guilty or not guilty, if he has to pay $250 million or if the whole thing goes away in a higher court, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is right now, the voter. Who is going to take care of us in 2025? Because clearly we're being abandoned right now by our current, uh, by our current president. And that is a fortunate part is that we cannot be abandoned any longer. And that is what we're seeing around the world. We're seeing it in New Zealand. We're, we just saw it in Argentina. The, uh -huh. the Make Argentina, Argentina Great Again candidate, just one president, right? We're tired of being ignored. And we can't do this again in 2025. So, you know, let him go, let his lawyers take care of him. He doesn't even need to be in court for most of the stuff. He just wants to be there because it's space time. But now that he's been gagged, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, time to continue on with your rallies, continue on doing as much media, including Rob's show right now. I think President Trump will come on here and not defend himself, but just talk about real kitchen table policies that we all are desperate, desperately wanting to hear about. I don't want to hear about another case because honestly, it's eye drying. Who wants to be in lawfare all the time and talk about the law? I mean, you and I, Rob, we find it interesting, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think most people can digest it. So it's just so in the weeds, right? It's so granular that who wants to understand motions and the difference between a stay and a this? You know, it's just. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, let's go over to the live audience real quick and take another question uh, and uh, see what those folks think about that uh, because the law is is pretty dry. Go ahead, Cat. Chill. We got James from Pirate Radio. James. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, look, I, I've got a question for your guest here. Um, I've talked about this with several prominent former uh, DOJ prosecutors. Uh, you mentioned the 
Florida case. I, I'm waiting for the motion to dismiss that cites the Sox case. The Sox decision goes 98% of the way of just destroying the prosecution here on the documents case. And, and I'm kind of shocked that it hasn't been done as to date. Uh, have you seen anything or have an opinion on the Sox decision? Uh, I've, I've seen it being tossed around, used, uh, but I, I don't think they're there yet uh, in in the kind of the schedule and the calendar of the court. But when when it's there, and that would be the big blow. You know, I, I don't want to like take it out too early because you know every one of these cases, they've lined up for blow after blow after blow. I'm actually really, you know, not to not answer your question, but I will come out at this point. But I'm really looking forward to this Georgia case because we're going to get to discovery, yeah. and then we're going to get witness statements, and then all that election fraud stuff is going to come out, and it's going to be public documents at that point. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's there, and I think that's what's being teased right now. I know Bernie Carrick has put out a lot of stuff uh, to Jack Smith, and of course, then you know the other DAs. I'm sure are they're all having cocktails together, sharing information, so they know what's coming. And I wonder if they, you know, think it's not going to be let out because the moment that you start subpoenaing people, the moment that they're going to start asking for discovery, that's when the cat's out of the bag. They got to be very careful with the prosecution because they may get something that they don't want. I think there might be some disbarments shores shoals ahead for those folks. Well, we got to take our last break. Uh, great question, James. Thank you very much. Uh, but we'll be right back uh, with the January 6th case, which I think is the one most likely to uh, uh, get a conviction on, unfortunately, because of the uh, tainted juries that are in the Washington, D.C. area when it comes to this. I'm Rob Manus. We'll be right back uh, with Angie Wong. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is the wellness company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and it's occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster.
Joining me now is former President Trump's attorney, Michael Vanderveen. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Let's get right into those words that we heard from Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. He ended the trial with his passionate speech about President Trump's involvement in the insurrection. During it, he said that the former president is still liable for everything he did during his period in office. Are you expecting to face more charges against Mr. Trump in the near future, and do you anticipate being part of that defense? No, that's just political rhetoric, and I was hopeful that something would come out of this, that the political rhetoric would stop out of Washington, D.C., but I guess apparently it hasn't. Were you, though, surprised to hear those words coming from the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate? I'm not surprised to hear a politician say anything at all. No. Well, throughout throughout the trial, you denied that Mr. Trump had a role in inciting the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. You argued, first of all, that there was no insurrection. But during your closing arguments, you seemingly admitted that there was, in fact, an insurrection, using that word, saying that that, that was not up for debate. What role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? You didn't, you didn't understand the case. I used the word I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure. I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show uh, here uh, at Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth, and we're talking about the uh, raging political war inside the United States right now. And that clip uh, was from just beyond the in time from the uh, acquittal of Donald Trump on the insurrection charges in his second impeachment. So he's been acquitted of inciting an insurrection completely uh, in the trial in the U.S. Senate, and his attorney was addressing that and addressing that there was no insurrection there. We're talking with Angie Wong today, who wrote a great article uh, uh, about the, all of these cases. And Angie, I just wanted to show that because most authors that write about this case in January 6th case that's going to happen in D.C. or is happening uh, in D.C. don't even talk about the fact that the man was acquitted of the same exact types of charges by the U.S. Senate in an impeachment trial. And we do have this little thing called double jeopardy here, and it doesn't have to be exact charge wording either. Uh, the way I understand it, and, and re reviewing uh, previous Supreme Court uh, uh, comments and uh, uh, and uh, judgments uh, on double jeopardy, uh, I think that the president's got a case for dismissal just on that outright when the time comes. Well, with the right judge, absolutely. You know, it's whether or not that uh, a judge at all this, and he's got smart lawyers surrounding him, protecting him. Uh, and walking him to the next presidential race. So I'm really hoping that's the case. But right now, the best way of supporting uh, President Trump, whether you believe that he's a great president or not, is and is really just to protect him in media, right? Uh, they're getting slammed every single day with headlines. And we're in that space where there's a lot of AI learning taking place, and that's the topic for another day. But because they're getting slammed, so much media, all you're seeing on the first 16 pages of the Google search is Trump on trial. And yeah. that is unfortunate because that's writing history right there. And, you know, this is a really critical time to fight back. This is journal lawfare, as Jeff Clark said. 
we need to fight back with the right articles. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm one voice out of many, but I really do hope that uh, whether conservative or just a mainstream reporter, just report on the facts. And, you know, I think Rob laid out a great case here. You've laid out pretty much what the defense has to say and do. Uh, if only other reporters, other journalists pick that up and report on facts and use the word alleged even, then we've, we're going somewhere. But right now, with such a low bar, we have activists who are in our newsroom, not journalists, and mm -hmm. they have almost like, almost like they get reported. And I know that they get reported going after Trump. Uh, I see that all the time in newsrooms. And it, it's, uh, it's not the kind of newsroom I grew up in, for sure. Um, and I really wish we would get back to some normality because right now, you're losing your audience, right? The audience does not trust the media whatsoever. And I'm not, you know, and I'm being called a conservative media only because I back a little. Um, and that's, you know, that's the funny thing, but you literally laid out case law right there. And why can't we report that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, and the only reason I do this, uh, I never dreamed I'd be doing this. I spent over 30 years in the military. I retired. I was going to go do something else. But then you see the self-destruction of the First Amendment, the press part of the, the free press part of the First Amendment. And you have to step in. If you've defended the Constitution all this time, uh, you know, I had to step up uh, and start doing this kind of work because— uh, Somebody's going to hear it somewhere, and eventually we'll break the dam that's blocking us, the censorship dam that's blocking us from getting the word out. And, and millions of Americans may even see this show uh, with you on it uh, uh, before it's too late. Because, I mean, really, uh, today, uh, as we speak, a three-judge panel in the D.C. Circuit uh, at the appeals level, the federal appeals court, that's made up all three Democrats is hearing— uh, uh, an appeal by the Trump team on the gag order that the uh, the D.C. judge on the J6 trial uh, has put in place on Donald Trump. And uh, I, I heard a few clips, audio clips out of that hearing, and it doesn't sound like they're, uh, they're in favor of free speech, quite frankly. Yeah, that's a really difficult one. I mean, uh, I, I think Judge Chapin uh, has a might have a case there only because uh, she's saying that him being vocal on social media uh, is going to affect the jury pool and potential witnesses. And I, you know, I've seen this in other cases before. Uh, so I, if they apply what's happened in other cases now, I don't think they've ever had a case like this before where you have front runner of a Republican Party who's running for president. You can't gag one candidate, that would be very strange, you know, yeah. but if they're going to treat him like, you know, any regular Joe, they're going to say, no, you cannot talk about this case. And, you know, you, and neither can your lawyers. But meanwhile, we're just going to leak all this stuff out. Look, yeah. Trump has yeah, a, a lot. Yeah. Trump's got a lot of delegates. He's got talk yeah. mouths everywhere for him. I don't believe that you know, if he wants to message out, can't get it out. Not be directly from him, um, but they have to be very careful here because this just looks terrible on the court part. But will anyone remember come November? That's really you no. Know,
Oh no, it seems like there we are. Ladies and gentlemen, we've lost our audio here. Hey, Colonel, can you hear us? No, we can't hear you at all. Hold on one second. Live radio. This is live broadcast. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. You sound kind of distant, but we can still hear you. All right, we got you now. The uh, It looks like the power on my board went out, and... Uh, that is not a good thing. That's what happened here. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the uh, the free speech aspect of this is that we have to be able to uh, allow defendants to talk bad about the court. It's ridiculous uh, if these people are doing political shenanigans with it that we allow uh, these this guy to get gagged, especially as president of the United States. He's got to be able to do that. Uh, and uh, that, to me, is the essential part of the First Amendment when it and the essential part of the Constitution that protects citizens uh, from uh, overreaching courts and legal systems uh, that the way they're supposed to be. Well, anyway, Angie, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Uh, tell everybody where we can uh, reach you on social media right now before we let you go. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Rob. And I'm going to continue exercising my free speech as much as they're going to allow. And if Trump can't talk, then I'm going to talk for him. And thank you for having a show on this because it really highlights all the problems of our court. You can reach me at Angie Wong on Twitter X. That's just Angie Wong. And, and I look forward to having a dialogue with everyone who wants to speak about this. I'm going to continue my mission to expose what's going on with this journal lawfare. I hope that other journalists will join me. I know Rob has. He's taken the first step to do so, and thank you so much for reading my op-ed. Uh, I'm just I'm surprised that it's kind of gone a little viral, uh, up by many publications. And I and I honestly really hope that you know, if nothing else, left, right, or center, like let's not do this to each other. Let's all enjoy these freedoms and not press each other. Well, thank you so much, Angie. We appreciate it. Tomorrow, uh, we will have Training Tuesday, and the first part of the show uh, is going to be the president and CEO of American Alternative Assets. You've seen the commercial many times. Uh, and then we've got a, we'll have a surprise guest come up in the last half of the show. It may just be you folks in the X Spaces audience. Until tomorrow, I'm Rob Manis here at Red Voice Media Network, and Tucker is still laughing. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.